0: A woohooer! a hand clapper, a high-fiver. I kind of like the high-five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At ChumbaCasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses, so don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com.
1: No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by loss. See terms and conditions 18+. You are listening to the next Best Picture Podcast, and this is our review of Dr. Strange.
2: You think you know how the world works? What if I told you the reality you know is one of many? This doesn't make any sense. Not everything does. Not everything has to. Through the mystic arts We harness energy and shape reality. We travel great distances
0: in an instant.
2: How do I get from here to there? How did you become a doctor? Study and practice. Here's the business. All
1: right, everybody. You were just listening to the trailer for Doctor Strange. The story goes that Doctor Stephen Strange's life changes after an accident robs him of the use of his hands when traditional medicine fails him he looks for healing and hope in a mysterious enclave he quickly learns that the enclave is at the front line of a battle against unseen dark forces bent on destroying reality before long strange is forced to choose between his life of fortune And status or leave it all behind to defend the world as the most powerful sorcerer in existence. The cast includes Benedict Cumberbatch, Chiwetel Ejiofor, Rachel McAdams, Benedict Wong, Michael Stuhlbarg, Benjamin Bratt, Scott Atkins, Mads Mikkelsen, and the incredible Tilda Swinton. For this Review. We have a guest here, DJ Valentine from SimplisticReviews.net. Let's start with DJ first. DJ, what were your thoughts on Doctor Strange?
2: It's it's Doctor DJ Valentine. Uh, oh, Doctor Strange. Me. Get that right. I, I sent you notes. Uh, Doctor Strange. Uh, I think I think Doctor Strange in terms of the Marvel Cinematic Universe is a good film. It's not a great film. It's not an awful film. It's a good film, and I think it's that way just because. Marvel has this kind of formula down and Doctor Strange kind of follows the same formula, but it does get to manipulate a different genre inside that formula because all these Marvel films, whether it be Iron Man or Ant-Man, Hell, Thor, they kind of have their hero's journey uh, marked out and they just insert. Okay, this one's going to be about Asgard, and this one's going to be about building a suit, and this one's going to be about uh, you know shrinkage, and this one's going to be about you know mysticism. The problem I think that, that people are having with Doctor Strange, if there is like a huge problem, is that if all the I though we live in an ADD society. Of all the Marvel films, I think this one needs to be a little bit longer. Maybe two and a half hours and but I understand why they didn't because you have on one side you know well we, we're used to play uh, you know telling a concise story and this is the shortest Marvel film to come out I believe on one hand but losing information about certain character traits or character development and on the other hand well we can fill all that out and make it two and a half hours Uh, but you know, a two and a half hour movie about magic that doesn't involve a kid with a lightning bolt on his head might not be the best way to do it. So some people are coming out of it kind of like, you know, I wanted more, but I think even if you take all that stuff away, Dr. Strange, you're going to have a fun time watching the movie. It's just not going to have any meaty stuff to chew on. I mean, there's a lot of, there's been debates coming out of civil war. There's debates coming out of, you know, Avengers or Iron Man. Doctor Strange is kind of like how Ant-Man was, where it's like, well, that was fun. And, you know, it's not going to have a lasting effect in terms of all of these comic movies, other than the fact that it wasn't a Suicide Squad, Batman v Superman disaster. It's just, you know, oh, okay, that was fine.
0: And Will? You know, I think this is going to be one where we all unfortunately end up agreeing. I was hoping we would have somebody who really loved the film so we could debate. But I think the general consensus is, it's not bad. I would say it didn't disappoint me because my expectations weren't as high as they were going into something like Civil War, where which was objectively a better film, but also let me down more. I think it's better than an Ant-Man, but I think DJ Valentine makes some really good points that it's just lacking in back character background, generally story. You know, you... Uh, I wanted – with Iron Man, I I did enjoy the beginning 25 minutes or so of seeing Tony Stark as a cocky playboy billionaire. We didn't get nearly enough of that with um, with is Strange before he loses hands and has to reconsider his take on life. We didn't get any background on his relationship with Rachel McAdams. I have no idea why Michael Stuhlberg was in the movie. And then I did – you know, I mean, yes, magic might be a tough sell, but Marvel can apparently sell anything. I did want to see more of Doctor Strange's training.
2: Michael Stuhlberg, by the way, is that's a nerdy Easter egg. That's a, his character is kind of like a, a a villain in the or kind of a uh, a comic book reference. But I could, if you don't know the comic book, you're like, what? Why is this major actor <laughs> in this small little role <laughs> to get chips? That's essentially what his his job is. Oh, so Stuhlberg, in theory will return. I believe so. Yes.
0: Oh, okay, that makes more sense. Right. Um. I. Re- but he still felt wasted. He's a good actor, yeah. and I hate to right. see him in a role where he's just getting chips. That's <laughs> essentially all he does. <laughs> but yeah, it. Um. You know, it has really great visuals. Giacchino's score. He's clearly rehashing. Um. His Star Trek score. Yes. Yeah. He, he, I. I thought it was crazy, but no. I mean, it's. It's <laughs> definitely very similar. And he's Marvel snatched him up, you know. He's scoring Spider Man: Homecoming now, so hopefully he will uh, feel free Disney, to. In-
2: Disney snatched him up because he's doing. He's the heir apparent to John Williams. He's already doing Rogue One right now, so yeah, he's like. <laughs> I think they're gonna uh, lock him into a, a basement and make him make scores for Marvel films <laughs> and Star so Wars. So what films. <laughs> you're implying is that Up is his Jaws. I think Up is is a, I, honestly I I prefer my favorite my, Michael Giacchino is my favorite composer working today. Uh, my favorite score from him is in, the incredible score. He, he got an Oscar for the up score, which is great. But uh, the incredible score, I think, is awesome. That's what was kind of why I was kind of let down by his score in Doctor Strange because it's not as iconic. There's no f- Michael keno fingerprints on this score as you because Kino usually uses like a piano or something. Here you get like this, like you're saying, you got the the Star Star Trek score or you got like a, a, a what's the name of that. Sitar. Uh, Sitar. This is essentially all you really get.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And it's, you know, he is very distinctive. I I almost feel cheated that other than the end credits track, we don't really get anything of note. Because this is a, I mean, this is a setting where you could really have fun with the music too and play with it as much as the visuals
2: did. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. I'm with you guys on the visuals. You know, the visuals for me were like looking through a kaleidoscope while I was watching this movie. It was unlike anything I'd ever seen before and I saw it in IMAX 3D you know the best format possible it really really blew me away I mean the the moments where you know Tilda Swinton like I I don't even know what she does to him but he goes through like this warped like complete mindfuck there are hands growing on top of hands there's (laughs) colors that are changing there's just images repeating themselves it is nuts and I, I found that to be the most enjoyable aspect of the film itself. The script is the problem for me. There There is a lot of plot holes in this script. Like, for example, can anybody tell me how long he was actually in Asia training in this movie?
2: I, I, I believe it's, it's either the writer of the movie or it's Derrickson himself said he trains for a year. But again, the movie is in need of either title cards or a longer runtime, <laughs> or a montage like how Iron Man had a montage building the suit. They should have had a, a more, uh, uh, rapid pace montage during his training. So we can get that, uh, feeling that time is passing, but you're right because it, Every scene with his training plays out as an entire scene. It doesn't play out as a montage. You feel like he's there for about a week and a half.
1: Yeah, because <laughs> like, for every positive thing I have to say about this movie, I could think of a couple of negative things to add on top of it. Like, for example, I like Benedict Cumberbatch in the role. However, I find it very odd listening to him in American accent throughout the film, which I don't think he
0: nails 100% here. No. And he could have been – I mean, like, it wouldn't be
2: true to the source material, but I'm it right would have – Will, it, I'm right with you what you're about to say. Go ahead and say it. I'm right with you. Go ahead. He, I mean, they could have just made him British. I would have been – I've been saying that – since they cast him, I'm like, Doctor Strange being American isn't relevant to Doctor Strange. And I'm a comic book reader. Uh, he's just supposed to be a dick. But I think they picked not him, not making him British because they didn't want him to be Sherlock – yeah. They don't want him to, everybody, go, oh, he's doing a Sherlock thing. But honestly, if you take that away, he could have been, you're right, he could have been 100, he could 100% British, did not change the character no, at all. No, the
1: reason why they made him American <laughs> is because they want him based in New York so that he can have a tie to the Avengers. Let's all get real here. That's the main reason.
2: Even then, he could have moved be, from England. I don't any British people that live in uh, Greenwich. <laughs> I don't British people live in Miami. What, what, it doesn't matter where you're from. It just matters your 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 character. Are you are you the arrogant prick doctor? That's all you have to really be to be Doctor Strange. Are you the arrogant prick doctor who thinks you know everything more uh, more than everybody else? Nationality, other than if he was from like you know something more distracting like Germany or Australia, it does not matter. Yeah, <laughs> really. yeah, I
1: hear you. Uh, a couple other issues I have with the film is the relationship between ben and Decumberbatch and the Rachel McAdams character in this movie. I think that the basis for the relationship is one that's superficial and doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. Um, I question many times throughout the film why she even bothers with him. I also <laughs> have a problem with the, how they handle Mads Mikkelsen uh, in this movie as well, uh, which is a common problem throughout the Marvel Cinematic Universe, is how they handle uh, their villains. But then a positive thing I like is, I quite enjoyed Tilda Swinton in this, and I think that she has one hell of a monologue with some very reflective themes on death and the nature of time, even though the concept of time is very much missing from the movie's narrative structure overall. But yet, there is uh, uh, quite a few good moments in the film overall that didn't make it a complete, failure for me i do however feel that this is a style over substance kind of a film
2: i I just like that her character i won't get into any spoilers or anything but there there was a a very easy out for her character to be like it was a misunderstanding which this movie shows that it wasn't a misunderstanding and i was like oh they they this person actually did do this certain thing oh okay that's actually different than you know uh Anakin thinking that Mace Windu is evil and he's not really. It's just a misunderstanding. And you know, the, the, I, I liked how they kind of went against the grain with her character. And again, when it comes to difficulty on what to do in a situation of making this film, you either can whitewash the character or you can put an Asian in the character because in the comic, it is an Asian and, make it stereotypical so for the fact the level of difficulty for that character for tilda swinton who makes all of this ridiculous dialogue and there's a lot of it here because when you talk about inception it's very exposition heavy to make it sound uh natural is a testament to her to chiwetel to uh, even mads mickelson who you're right kind of a stepping stone of a villain in this movie so yeah i i I really like the ancient one in this movie
0: so when you, uh, when you get into the concept of... Tell me about your thoughts on the climax. Because on one level, I thought it was interesting to not have a traditional smackdown, fisticuff-filled right. climax.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, um, and the tactics that Doctor Strange uses against the villain were interesting. But once you have started messing with time... The entire film crumbles. You know, characters who died during the film couldn't they just be brought back? Couldn't I mean, if you can have the power to manipulate time, and then why why is that used selectively? There's so many things that could have been easily fixed if you can just undo time.
2: They they kind of mentioned this, and I'm gonna tiptoe on the spoiler line here. Uh, and I think we were talking about a certain, I won't reveal, person that becomes a villain near the end of this movie, uh, Why? what his motivations are. And this is tied to that. Um, if you f- start effing with time, you can cause rifts in time. And it's against the rules to mess with time in certain situations. So, yeah, if you do it in this one situation, uh, it's it will work. But even in that situation, this is really me tap dancing around this, the spoiler. Even if you do this in the situation after he this situation happens, a certain person—this is sounding really cryptic—is pissed off that it happens. You're not supposed to be doing that. That is against the rules that, you're, uh, of sorcery and you know the mystic arts, and it's super dangerous. If you ever watch the trailer for Doctor Strange, you see him making this, he's 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 using certain things in like a glass is cracking. That cracking is the fabric of reality. And if you keep messing with time, that could happen. So you don't want to say, okay, I'm going to bring back this person and I'm going to bring back this person. Because if you keep doing that, you're going to shatter time and it's going to be 17 Doctor Stranges and one is going to be black and another is going to be Donald Trump as president. It's going to be all craziness going on. So time is supposed to be used sparingly as what they kind of – mentioned in one scene of the movie. So,
1: I hear what you're saying. I understand the words. It still doesn't make any fucking (laughs) sense. It's very
2: hard for me to say it without saying exactly what happens.
1: But it doesn't make any sense to me. No matter how many ways that you say it, rephrase it, because there's all these other anomalies that introduce itself into the concept of time here. And one of the problems I have with this film is that the magic is not clearly outlined as far as what the rules are and what aren't the rules. It, It... as a result, I question how far these sorcerers are able to push their limits in terms of their power and what they can do, what they can achieve, what they can't achieve. And it's the same problem I had with a film like X Men Apocalypse, where I, um, Oscar Isaac's character in that film, uh, you know, he was just so powerful that. Why couldn't you just eviscerate everyone with the snap of his finger? You know what I mean? And that's a problem that I have with this, too. Well, he's
2: he they, And they depowered Apocalypse in that movie. Apocalypse in the comic book is damn near omnipotent. He has literally any power you can think of. And they depowered him. And you're right in that case of you're talking about, I guess this is kind of a spoiler from the trailer of X-Men Apocalypse. If you're going to shoot rockets in the air, just have them come right back down. Exactly. <laughs> this... This, but again if that were to happen to apocalypse he would probably i don't know hurt himself uh or it wouldn't it wouldn't hurt him really he would just destroy the planet if doctor strange starts manipulating time in the way that you guys want him to manipulate time to fix things long enough he will destroy reality so you can't just say okay I'm going to start, after this worked, I'm going to go back and I'm going to fix this, I'm going to fix this, I'm going to fix, because the more you F with it, the more chance you have of destroying the fabric of reality, which is what a certain character who gets pissed off says to him and says, well, you're going to just start breaking effing rules. I'm out because this, one, you've let this all go to your head and you're you're holding all of our, our, our you're holding the fabric of reality in your hands and you're like the the one person that can do it. Which you're right, they don't really get into that as the power of his, his limitation of his power. But they do point out, you can't do this. This is putting at risk the fabric of reality. And what that means is you keep effing with everything. Existence ends. That's a little bit more dangerous than dropping rockets on Earth. That's a, that's It's way worse because Earth will be gone, but the rest of the universe will exist. If Dr. Strange keeps doing what he's doing, he will destroy everything. That's why I think that we're trying to unlock, which is a very hard concept to wrap your brain around in terms of time because – traditionally time in movies is time travel, time anything is one of the hardest things to explain <laughs> and to anyone. It, 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 and it's always has a flaw. Terminator has a flaw. Back to the Future has flaws. Days of Future Past has flaws. So yeah, it's, it's, it's tough to have it meet everyone's expectations like that.
0: I also wonder, how do you defeat a villain who lives outside of time? I know the film offers an explanation for how, right. but it bothers me The villain should have seen that coming if he lives outside of time because he can see all – this is nitpicking. I know it's a comic book movie, but if we're talking
2: about (laughs) – We've we've reached uh, (laughs) some kind of class here. We're in college time – what what is it? uh, Physics? I don't even know what this (laughs) class. is.
0: But you know what I mean? Like a – this is nitpicky, but – the vi- The villain I mean once you give a villain who literally exists outside of time, I don't know how you defeat that person because they can see every attack and every outcome ever you know that I feel like when you introduce these villains like that, and I guess it is in the nature of the character you have to have villains who can do that It, it gets kind of problematic as far as the rules of the universe goes once you've established a Preston.
2: Like that. Like I, like I would say, every that that is a flaw, and there's probably some explanation that an astrophysicist can give me, or a Marvel fanboy who's completely obsessed with this. Yeah, yeah. Somebody, somebody who, 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 which I am not, because I am not a Doctor Strange fanatic. But I mean, I would just chalk this up to how the hell can John Connor send his father back to have him? It's the same kind of that doesn't make any sense to me. But I kind of sweep it away because it's the rest of this, the stuff that's happening is enjoyable to me. I don't understand how there could be two Marty McFly's at the same place seeing that you can't make two of the same thing at the same time but he's looking at himself go back in time in Pine Valley chasing the Libyans. I don't really think about that because I'm having a good time at the Under the Sea dance. I don't really... <laughs> because once you... What, what, did, what did Bruce Willis say in Looper? I don't want to start talking about time travel because if you start talking about time travel we're going to be sitting here for hours <laughs> making diagrams with straws. That's insane. Like
1: uh, Jeff Daniels says this time travel shit will fi- fry your brain like an
2: egg. Fry your fucking brain. The more we start delving into this, we're going to break the fabric of reality.
1: <laughs> I will say this on the matter. I really do feel that the final boss confrontation at the end of the film is creative. Mm-hmm. I-, I thought it was funny. Right. And without sounding like it's too much of a pun here, I will say that I have come to bargain <laughs> in that... <laughs> While I to have some aspects of this film that I, I am just like completely bewildered by, I still overall had a good time and I still enjoyed myself while watching it. Even though the film borrows visually heavily from Batman Begins Inception, it borrows the same exact character arc from Iron Man. I mean, yeah. freaking <laughs> Doctor Strange and Tony Stark are literally the same exact character. Mm-hmm. Like, to a T. And as a result, I found the story to be very paint-by-the-numbers, and it was a typical hero's journey. A typical hero's journey to a T. So visually, I had a great time with it. And last but not least, for me, one thing that really, really I thought was a great stylistic choice that really helped the film in terms of just entertainment value was that freaking cape, man. That cape was awesome.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, the cape was clutch. Which which could have been bad. If you want to see a cape done wrong, watch Spawn. I mean, that that this going into the movie, I'm like, I don't know how they're going to get away with this huge butterfly collared cape that Doctor Strange is known for and they 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 kind of make it work in a kind of entertaining way, making it a sentient thing. I thought was that's that's clever you know what it reminded
1: me of the the most it reminded me of carpet from aladdin actually aladdin right yeah 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 that's a good comparison (laughs) and i really really heavily enjoyed that aspect to it i i want to ask you guys this uh question as well just overall i know i commented a little bit on it before what do we think of just overall performances Uh, i know I, i know i mentioned i thought some people feel like they're wasted in this do you guys feel the same
0: the only st- people who had a chance to stand out really were Cumberbatch and Swinton. Uh, bless his heart, Mickelson tried, you know, making his villain character shed some tears during an impassioned monologue, but no one else had
2: any chance to perform well. That that bugged me, because I'm like, Mickelson's, w- when I noticed that he was, uh, uh, again, spoiler alert, he was crying in a certain monologue, I think it's in the trailer, um... I didn't know why because the way he was talking and the way he, his eyes were acting were not in sync. Like he wasn't like he didn't have really emotion on his face other than his eyes were watering. So I'm like, is he in pain right now or is he crying? I didn't understand that. Part. I uh, they touched on
0: briefly on his backstory, and I assumed that it was he was meant to be channeling his tragic past and thinking about a better future was reminding him of his past, but it. I, I, I appreciate him trying to give some depth by adding some emotion, but I wouldn't say it worked.
2: No. I, I liked Chewy because I know where Baron Mordo or just Mordo in this movie is going. I know the arc of that character, and I think that stuff is there. It's, it's very hard not to be spoilery here, but like just when you're watching Captain America the First Avenger, you know where Bucky's going, or at least. I did at the time, I was like, okay, that's Winter Soldier. So when you start seeing scenes in First Avenger where Bucky is sniping a Hydra agent to save Captain America, I'm like, oh, that's an element of Winter Soldier that they're going to touch on later, which we got to see in later films. So there's elements of Baron Mordu that Tell touches on, and I'm sure he knows the entire arc of this character, uh, that I liked. He is overshadowed by Tilda Swin and Benedict Cumberbatch for sure because they get all the juicy stuff. Chewy stuff comes near the end, so I think he's just scratching the surface of what that character can be.
1: Yeah, I agree. And what'd you guys think of the humor in this film? Did you guys
2: think it was forced? Did you actually find it genuinely funny? A little of both, some of it, <laughs> some of it, yeah. So, like, I know Dan Harmon came on to write some punch ups of the jokes. And uh, think about Doctor Strange, and I don't want to keep putting on my comic book hat, but he I, I, he's not really a funny guy. <laughs> So when he's doing comedy, it's kind of coming out left field, and that's when you're leading in toward the he's a Tony Stark ripoff. Doctor Strange would have been better as a straight man, I think, and have everybody else be more humor like the ancient one, lead the humor. Him doing jokes, and I know they're doing this because again, this is the Marvel mold of reluctant, snarky hero, uh Star Lord, Tony Stark, Scott Lang. It's the same, it's really the same thing over and over again. But he him, his jokes sometimes like the there's a Beyonce joke in here, and it, didn't, it just kind of fell flat. Him being a – I think he would work better comedically, situationally, not snarky one-liners. Doctor Strange is not really a snarky one-liner type of guy, I think.
0: I mean, yeah. I mean, he, he, was, he was being Sherlock. I thought some of his Who's humor <laughs> Sherlock is funnier than Strange. Yeah. I just – I actually – I thought a lot of Cumberbatch's humor did work. I thought some of his stuff, maybe the one name thing recurring joke with Benedict Wong didn't quite land, although I did like the ultimate punchline of that right. um, a certain music choice that Benedict Wong has I, oh admit. that was great <laughs> yeah um but yeah, I mean like I think the bigger problem was that not every Marvel film has quite nailed the tonal balance they have um, I think the first Avengers. And Guardians of the Galaxy were the best at getting the right Marvel tone.
2: Maybe Winter Soldier as well.
1: I I agree with Winter Soldier. Yeah. That actually might be my favorite.
2: Yeah.
0: This kind of swerves back and forth between a lot of tones. And as a result, the humor just kind of feels off sometimes. Hmm. It just... You know what I mean?
2: There's a gag with the there's a gag with the cape later on in the in the movie where it kind of underlines that point where like you're in this kind of emotional the gravitas of the situation is is getting you and then this there's a cape gag and it's kind of like oh the, you just take it away everything <laughs> you just take it away that great moment that I just had <laughs> so yeah it's, some of it's good and some of it's bad I would say
1: yeah I I kind of like the cape gag. Um. The Beyonce thing I thought was, eh,
2: you know, I mean, the punchline
1: at the at the end was, I guess, worth the build up. But the one thing that they keep showing in the trailers that happens in the movie that keeps on just getting on my nerves so much is that damn Wi-Fi password joke. I (laughs) hated it so much. Just say to him, this is the Wi-Fi password. Why would you hand it to him on a piece of paper and then not even tell him what it is? Walk away and wait for him to ask. It's so stupid and so contrived.
2: I hated it. (laughs) Ugh. I question their Wi-Fi capabilities in Nepal. (laughs) I was more confused by that. I'm like, they got Wi-Fi in a a secret hidden temple in Nepal? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I have barely any Wi-Fi, and I'm in a metropolitan area. (laughs) That's That's a very good point.
1: Uh, (laughs) Let's pass it off to final thoughts and grades here, and also any Oscar potential. So, DJ, you first, man. Final thoughts on the movie, a grade out of 10, and Oscar potential.
2: Uh, for me, Marvel characters seem to hit their stride when they react with each other. Ant-Man didn't really fully win me over till Civil War. Uh, and I still protest my favorite Iron Man is the Iron Man that's in the Avengers uh, or or Civil War or anything like that. Strange, to me, doesn't really—he didn't really win me over till a certain after-credit sequence. That's why I was like, oh, that's Doctor Strange. Okay, that's good. Uh, Oscar potential— um, this is probably front runner for best visual effects, M- maybe best uh, sound editing, but uh, uh, <laughs> you're not going to get any more, more than that. But the visual effects are, are, are astounding, un- amazing looking, because as much as people say it's just like Inception, Inception didn't do as much stuff as this. Inception was practical. Most of it, the the hallway stuff, this takes visual effects to another realm. And if you have any questions about that, stay till after credits and read the 750,000 names (laughs) that use the visual effects on this. But uh, if I had to give it a final grade, I think in my heart, it's probably a seven and a half, but for a degree of difficulty of this movie, a movie about a wizard in a world where Harry Potter exists, and it kind of doesn't come off as a complete failure because this movie, as we're recording this, it's made $85 million. I'm going to probably give it an 8 just because I didn't hate it. It didn't knock my socks off as any other Marvel film, and I think it falls right in the middle of the Marvel Cinematic Universe in terms of quality.
1: All right, and Will, same thing.
0: Yeah, I'm going to give it... It's 6.5. It was, it was a good time at the movies. It was neither the weakest I've seen from Marvel nor the best. Um, it wasn't that memorable, but I'm glad I went to see it. Uh, I think as far as Oscar prospects go, I disagree it's the visual effects front frontrunner. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the Jungle Book will likely oh, yeah. end up winning that category, but I think it's a shoe-in for a nomination. Right. Um, and I think, or you know, they if Arrival gets nominated for Best Picture, they they often love to just vote for the Best Picture nominee in that category. Right. But right, right. I, I think the Jungle Book will win, and then I think it might get in for one of the sounds. But check my stats on here. But if I remember correctly, only one Marvel Studios film has ever been nominated for a sound Oscar, and that is the first Iron Man. For whatever reason, those don't seem to show up much. Um, I think we might end up seeing the makeup at least make the shortlist and might end up getting a nomination. You know that category is hard to predict. But got wait, what?
2: Costumes, maybe.
0: I I don't think it will get in for costumes. They yeah. they like their prestige films there or <laughs> period pieces. <laughs> but I think I mean the makeup is solid. Um, and Guardians got in, you know, all that stuff on Mads. I thought at first was CGI, but no, that's just good makeup. And then obviously Tilda's bald cap. But yeah, I think <laughs> visual effects and makeup, the only places I'll predict it.
1: Okay. Well, with that said, I once again have the low score overall of a six out of ten. I. Man, I got to give it the lowest score Uh, just on the basis of the fact that when he suffers his car accident in the film, that man should have died.
0: Dead. That was a brutal crash.
2: You know, that's the only reason Lamborghini let them use their car is because the movie portrayed Doctor Strange surviving the crash. Because really? it kind of promotes the Lamborghini's cars are safe. That's the only reason they let them. And that's not a joke, guys. That actually is what, why they let them use the car. Because oh, you're hilarious. right. They're, that car would have exploded in 750. It would have been, like, it'd have been like every Arnold Schwarzenegger movie from the 80s. That car would have exploded.
1: Well... Just for that basis alone, I got to give this a 6 out of 10. I can't think of any other final thoughts than to say that visually this film is awesome. I do recommend seeing it in 3D, seeing it in IMAX 3D if you possibly can. It is worth the trip. I don't think it's a terrible movie. I'm with you, Will. It's not the worst. It's not the best. It is somewhere in the middle for me. That's where the 6 out of 10 rating does come from. And there are a couple of bright points throughout the film. But overall, this has got some flaws to it, most definitely. And as far as Oscar prospects are concerned, you know, the best costumes idea, uh, you know, I'm with Will on this. Uh, you know, prestige picks, period pieces, I don't really see them going for that here. Sound categories, yes, if the film was possibly a little bit more prestige I, I think visual effects and makeup are, it's two only shots, and even makeup, I'm like, yeah, I don't think so. Visual effects, I think, is more than a possibility. I would say that visual effects, I think it gets in. I think it'll be um, something that people will continue to talk about, to keep it in the conversation, because that's all that this film has really going for it, for the most part, is those really, really mind-bending visuals. And then, as far as wind goes. Nah, I, I I don't see it winning uh, by any means. I am I'm, I'm with Will again. I think Jungle Book, which is what I do have in first place right now, actually is probably going to take it all. But nomination though no for Marvel in this category, once again, possibly for visual effects. Don't worry, one one day a Marvel film will win an Oscar.
2: One day. Disney doesn't Disney doesn't care it, it, if it goes to Jungle Book or Doctor Strange, they still get the Oscar. <laughs> Yeah, they're oh, exactly. They're Disney.
0: having the craziest <laughs> year I've ever seen. Well, and seen. then they have Rogue One too. Oh, I mean, Rogue yeah. One will probably be in there too. <laughs> counting the
2: money. <laughs> Just counting the money. <laughs>
1: no matter what, they're gonna have a successful Oscar nomination morning, that's for sure. Oh yeah. Uh, for the sake of time here, uh let's yeah, let's get the hell out of here. DJ, where can they find you on the internet?
2: Uh Uh you can find us on Facebook uh twitter twitter or at, at simple tweeters instagram we put our a lot of our scripts for our skits on instagram uh which was at at, at Sim, or simply gramming and uh youtube you can just search for simplistic reviews you can find uh there it there and itunes of course
1: awesome man thank you so much for being back on it's always a pleasure to have you here to discuss these superhero films these uh comic book movies i i love having you on man so thank you
2: oh, no again. problem
0: no problem
1: and Will, where can they find you? You
0: can find me on Twitter at Mavericks Movies. I also, of course, generally write for Next Best Picture podcast, so look out for future articles from me on there. Thanks for listening, and thanks for letting me come on.
1: And I am Matt Neglia. You can find me on all the social media networks at NextBestPicture, part of NextBestPicture.com. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the Next Best Picture podcast. Stay tuned as we have a lot more episodes and a lot more film reviews coming your way. Take care.